Hey guys, welcome back to Discover Spring Ford. I'm standing in front of the Spring City Hotel, which was established 125 years ago in 1892. Inside, owners Bill and Debbie Hoffman are just waiting to discuss all of the amazing things that have happened during their ownership and looking to the future here in Spring City. I'm Jeff Desiato, a local realtor, aspiring actor, and transplant to the Springford area. And I'm on a mission to find the best that Springford has to offer. I'll be interviewing local business owners, civil servants, and other prominent members of the community to find out what makes Springford a great place to live, work, eat, and explore. I invite you to join me on my journey as I discover Springford. I should have probably mentioned it in the first episode. You're going to see me go through a lot of physical transformations on this show. You're going to see me probably gain weight from all the eating I'm going to be doing, maybe lose weight, but most importantly, you're going to see a variety of facial hair configurations like the one I have today. But anyway, let's not waste any more time. Let's get inside and talk to Bill Hoffman. I was born and raised in Phoenixville, actually Kimberton, and I was born and raised on a, on a dairy farm. And um, basically that was a seven a day week business. And uh, my parents opened up a pizza shop in uh, Pottstown and Boyertown called Dell's Pizza. And so I had a flavor of the dairy business <laughs> during the day and then hospitality at night. So um, basically I went off to school, University of Delaware, and graduated there. And uh, when I got out of school, uh, my grandfather, Dominic Delacuola, owned this hotel. And uh, I was single at the time and said I would help him tend bar because I did have hospitality in, in the background. And uh, I took up uh, nothing related to this in school. I was pre-law. But you <laughs> yeah, just most never people know. Don't. Yeah, they don't end up where they so, think they're going but, to. Uh, you are correct. Yeah. And, uh, so I only get disappointed when I get my attorney bills. It's yeah. the only time I get disappointed. So I started out tending bar, and I enjoyed it uh, very much. And then uh, as time moved on, six months, a year, we had a cook that left in the kitchen. So I obviously knew how to cook. Yeah. You so got I, jumped, I yeah. jumped back in there. So I was doing both. And then uh, probably a year later, um, is when we had a room manager upstairs that left ended up doing um, the rooming too. So that took place in the late 70s and uh, my wife came along and uh, just a short story, she came in and saw me tending bar. We knew of each other and my grandfather came in and I was behind. They call it in the weeds. <laughs> That's what they call it when you're right. behind. So he said, just don't sit there. Get up and help them. And she's been helping me ever since. Oh, wow. So that's how she got involved. And then uh, she took over the kitchen end of it. And then I moved out out front. Uh, as far as renovations go, here, in the, here at the hotel, we have done many renovations over the years, upgrading it, keeping the uh, Italian heritage, but moving into a Victorian-type atmosphere with highlighting the, the pressed tin ceilings, bringing back mahogany, and setting up the room was set up in an open floor plan, and we wanted to put it into sections. This is considered the fireplace section. 
we added the greenhouse in the front and then we have what's called the upper deck section. So that's how this dining room came into place and uh, obviously your menu is always changing right. from that end of it. On the bar side we took out a, a wall about five years ago and we have entertainment on Friday evenings usually from 8 to 11, 9 to 12 and then on Saturday evenings we have Texas Hold'em. Oh, cool. About 30 people you know, come in and uh, play that every Friday and Saturday. So tell me about when did it go from you just being someone, you know, the grandson and, and helping out where you could to when you started to take over more of the administrative side and, and then stepping into being the proprietor, essentially? Well, I just felt that at my grandfather's stage in his lifetime that basically we were not modernized. Yeah. So I just felt that if, if he wanted me to stay involved, I would have to buy him out. Mm. And that's, the, that's probably the main reason. Update our kitchen, you know, get more modern equipment in. Uh, we had to become certified. You know, he, he, and that's really where I took over the administrative end. And then basically getting involved in, you know, my, my neighbors here, that's the other part of my background is the real estate section right. because I wanted to control the parking lots out front. Spring City, as many little boroughs, have trouble with parking. Right. So that's how I got involved in the administration. And I, I did like book, bookkeeping, accounting from my college days. So okay. I could flow into that a lot easier than I thought Dominic, yeah. my grandfather. And I would think that even though you didn't end up pursuing law, that that type of thinking and the way your mind worked would, would lend itself to running a business, uh, you know, oh, maybe a more yeah, efficient yeah. way than perhaps just a life a lifetime restaurant owner sometimes because they, they kind of fall into it. They don't necessarily have the background uh, or the, the tools that, that someone who had gone to school, even though you may not see the schooling as fitting into what you're doing. It, I'm, I would imagine that experience lends itself as oh, well. Oh, yeah. my, my goodness. For sure. I mean, I did, even at school, I worked at Pappy's Pizzeria for extra income. So I really never left the hospitality yeah. business, you know, from that end of it when I did get out of that and graduated from Delaware to, to come back to Spring City um, in Kimberton area, local yeah. area. So how about um, the history a little bit of this place? Because obviously it, at one time I would imagine it, it was a hotel and you still have the rooming aspect. Mm -hmm. um, why don't you talk about a little bit of what you know, at least, of the history of the building, and then um, you know how you're using it now to its fullest capacity. I guess. Well, the history of the hotel is is quite a quite a building. It was built in 1892. Took four years to build it, so wow. 1888 to 1892, and it was built by Mr. Walter Corrigan, uh, and that's who put this whole building together and uh, he operated it as a hotel um, I don't you know at that time they have a keyboard you know that's right back here behind you where you would come in and then you would put your key on the face of the clock and then that would tell you what time <laughs> would go upstairs to let you into the hotel at those wow. it was very honors a yeah. lot different than today <laughs> yeah for sure you know from that end of it so that's been 
you know, quite a difference. And then it stayed in the hotel. We are, we are celebrating our 125th year in business as a building in business this year, uh, 2017. Oh, and yeah. this is part of the sesquicentennial 150th year of Spring City. So it's been playing hand in hand with that, with different events that they, the borough has been, has been doing uh, for that. In 1923 or 1925, Mr. Corrigan sold the hotel to a, an attorney, Truman Wade, out of Birch Runville. And then he had this for a number of years. But on the other side of the pub room is where the Spring City Post Office was from like 1900 to 1957. And the Wades owned it, and that's when the post office is right behind us. We deeded off part of the property, and that became the Spring City Post Office until this present day. Yeah. So that was the post office for all those years. And then uh, the pub room and the um, dining room, uh, until my grandfather bought it in 1949 with two Mastrangelo boys in Phoenixville. And um, it was, they had to do some renovations. There was like a, um, like a TV repair store in here. Oh, really? You could look out the windows and before TVs became present. Yeah. So um, in the late 40s, I guess that would so people be. People would stand outside the window and, and, and look, look at the TVs. Because yeah. they didn't have TVs then. Yeah. It was very, you watched a ball game, it was radio. Yeah. So that's how that was, was set up. So in 1952, Grandpa bought out his two partners. One of them kept the Trio Hotel in Phoenixville, and one kept uh, Horse and Hound, it was called, in Westchester. So, and then Grandpa kept this unit here, this Spring City Hotel in 52, and then that's when his, you know, they had, uh, they were infamous for having uh, what we would call, um, like, uh, Women impersonators. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, they used to have a player piano, and this gang of, of, of this group would do all these establishments in the area. It just wasn't here at the hotel. Wow. That was their whole thing, and they were very popular during the Korean War. This oh, okay. would be in the 50s now, like, uh, well, yeah. mid-50s to late-50s. And I still have pictures of these women impersonators today. <laughs> oh, it's really... They really dressed up really good, but yeah. that was a whole show yeah. they would do with men coming in, and they had a lot of fun. And that was his claim to fame. Okay. The, this that was like the niche pro- oh, that he found for that himself. That was the yeah. niche that he found. And then he had different cooks. Um, at one time, it was my grandmother way back when. And he had different cooks and tried different things, French food. Uh, you know, he leased out the restaurant a couple of times. And... Uh, and then we had a, a main chef that stayed on with me that worked for my grandfather, Ronnie Chrisman. And then he stayed with us for 20 to 25 years. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, from, from that end. As far as me coming in, when I purchased the building in 1981, then we redid a lot of the, roo- the electric we redid the roof upstairs. Wow. A huge lot undertaking. of <laughs> a huge undertaking. We ended up putting the atrium on, and uh, 
We made a number of changes, changed the parking lot out front. Um, there used to be a swimming pool out there that oh, my really? grandfather had, uh, and we had to remove that. Uh, and we needed more parking. I was expanding, uh, really putting work into our menu and our pub room and just bringing a, a new, uh, younger generation look into the type sure. of establishment you know from that end as far as what we felt our house specialty is uh, chicken Kiev uh, which is a boneless breast of chicken we, we uh, pound it and uh, beat it and, and then we uh, add some garlic and herbs and it's one of our house specialties mm -hmm. that you can't get just everywhere right and then we do a lot of uh, we're a mom-and-pop scratch kitchen uh, we do a lot of, we make our own marinara sauces, our own crab cakes. Um, coleslaw, I always kid everybody, I'm the best grinder in town. Uh, <laughs> you know, so we have a, we have a very diverse, diversified hotel menu, but at family prices. Yeah. We are not considered fine dining. <laughs> I mean, we have good food, yeah. but we are more family oriented. You'd be welcome with your children. That's great. You feel very comfortable here. I'd like the, the ambiance, just like you said, trying to kind of capture the history of it in the decor and also um, <laughs> the investment that you've made, obviously, and, and when you were describing the different things that you've done, unfortunately, um, there are things that people can't necessarily see with their eyes, like replacing the electricity in the building, oh, correct. replacing Plumbing. the roof, yeah, yeah. all the, the non-glamorous stuff. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes people will, they'll, they'll spend the money on paint and wallpaper and that, but then, you know, the thing is falling apart <laughs> from the inside out, you know? So I think that, you know, even though those investments were probably very uh, huge at the time, I think that that bodes well for you guys in the long term, I would imagine. Um, for the different things that are, you know, with, with a historical building like this, that you're really investing in the infrastructure of the building as opposed to just, you know, dressing it up with a couple doilies or something. Like, I Correct. feel like some, some places would well, do that, you know. We're, we're here for the long term. Like I've said, I've already yeah. been here 35 years, and I'm still investing in Spring City and Roars Ford. Right. One of your questions was, you know, I really feel... You know, and obviously I'm biased. <laughs> I've told other family members and everything. I feel that Spring City and Roars Ford are definitely a, a place to invest. I see the 422 corridor. Obviously, you can ask anyone in the Spring Ford School District. That school is just increasing, yeah. increasing, increasing. On the Spring City side, we see the Phoenixville pushing out 724. Yeah. And now I see there's a project two miles from us that 300 homes is, is being built with a Wayback way Burgers, Rebel Yell, there's a Dunkin' Donuts, oh, wow. and it's going to be pushing this way. So yeah. I feel that Spring City and Roars Ford will be able to capitalize on, you know, this growth spurt. I, I feel, and this is just my opinion mm -hmm. now, I think that Spring City and Roars Ford should work together. I agree. Not as a separate entity, even though we're different counties. I just, the way that the towns flow, um, I feel that, you know, we should be together, you know, as far as trying to do, you know, uh, a Main Street manager, like some boroughs have, would be for both towns. Right. And if there's a cost to that, both towns should share that. 
Um, at this time, I don't believe either town has a Main Street manager, so that can be challenging for your business sector to re relate to the councilman right. in both towns if they don't have a, uh, a business background. Right. And then I, I would feel like because they're so closely connected and the histories mm -hmm. of the two boroughs are so closely connected, to have someone, uh, it would create a, a cohesion Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but to have, you know, you, you drive through Spring City, Main Street, and then you make the turn and you go up to Royersburg. Mm -hmm. And there's there's like a similar, not that they're carbon copy or, or cookie cutter, but that there's a, a united front, a united, a united feel to the two It boroughs. would be a united feel. You could have yeah. your independent right. kind of a, you know, look from that end of it. But I feel yeah, to I work that together, would that would be is how I would look at it as far as the future you're asking me and, and I feel that this is still a great place to buy we have uh, great highways 422 202 100 we can get to the city I mean a lot of us from the business sector have been advocates for the rail system right uh, it's been a challenge <laughs> and um, but it's not out of the question um, I feel both communities here need to capitalize on it's a beautiful biking and walking oh, trail yeah, sure. along the river uh, i don't feel that i have had an impact and i think the borough here in spring city is looking to get uh, another um, lane or opening to the trail to include the business sector oh, in yeah. the crowd or in the trailing so that they want to come up and have a sandwich come through here the trail they can see it instead of just going back and forth yeah going right up and down the trail and this is only going to be getting better and bigger once they complete it all the way up to Reading or Pottsville continuing north all the way to the city and um, I feel that the business sector should you know include that in the um, thinking going forward to me, it's almost analogy to the canal. Right. <laughs> the business of the canal used to bring going up and down the t from Reading to Philadelphia with the boats. Right. Instead of it being a canal or river, we're talking a bike trail. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, you see it even now, um, you know, when you're coming down 422 by Oaks and, and those areas, you see people riding their bikes on the bike trail. It would be great for it to just be a, and I know a lot of people who ride their bikes and they would love a straight shot like that to, to not have to worry about parking and, and, and looping around and all that stuff, to be able to get a view along the, the Schuylkill River for miles and miles to ride mm -hmm. their bike. It would be incredible. And I think that is uh, one of the things as I've begun to uncover a lot of the history of these two boroughs, um, it's just been really fascinating. I went to the Spring Ford Historical Society, met a man there who was 89 years old. He went to Royersford High School and graduated there uh, when Spring City High School and Royersford were rivals, and they used to have their turkey, you know, their turkey day game. Um, so just hearing about all that stuff is really just fascinating to me, and, and to know that the Spring City Hotel was standing amidst all of that, mm -hmm. and you know, it's changed owner's hands, but has been in the family essentially since, what, since 1949. Yeah, that's and the same family, and uh, who knows whether you know my children will continue that or not. You yeah. know what I mean? It could continue on. Have they, uh, you know, when they were younger, were they tending bar, working the kitchen, serving? Did you have well, my, them? Well, I have a, a daughter and a son, Tiffany and Billy, and they still help us uh, part-time. My daughter is a school teacher. 
at uh, in Owen J. Roberts, close uh, oh, by. Yeah. And my son is a, a professional landscaper, and his business is right here in Spring City also. But they still, you know, help me on the weekends by waitressing and tending bar, you know, whatever else I need, yeah. you know, as far as the, the hotel. My line is, I have to get my student loans back somehow <laughs> from putting you in college. That's so. right. And it seems like that, you know, my wife is a school teacher also, so we have that, that kinship there. Um, you know, between make your son making the, the residential area of Spring City looking pretty with mm -hmm. the landscaping and your 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 daughter investing in the young minds of Spring mm -hmm. City. There you you know, I think that, that the Hoffman lineage is going to be uh, well represented in this area for sure, especially with the Spring City Hotel. So um, how is the the building being used currently? I know you'd mentioned a real estate background. I personally work in real estate, so I'm always kind of fascinated to hear how you guys are using the the space of what once well, the was space a giant hotel. that we have and what could, what could be in the future, I did uh, talk about the expansion we did in the pub room, um, you know, from that end to create some entertainment. And uh, that's working hand in hand with uh, other things that we're doing within the borough. Mm -hmm. um, so upstairs, it, it's been a wonderful blessing. Um, I have 30 units upstairs, wow. meaning rooms and apartments and efficiencies. And believe it or not, we run 90 to 95% filled. Wow. So that's uh, a big portion of the business here is the, the real estate and the, and the rooms upstairs, you know, from that end. I attract, like, we have different people from the, the Spring City Foundry, A.C. Miller, uh, PA Inserts and Roars Ford. A lot of men and women see me that would be non per diem mm. because they don't have seventy to eighty to hundred dollars a day for what we would consider transitional housing, and this is my niche that I that I like, and that yeah. is very attractive to that sector of of people. And then also we do a lot of community work, also. Mm -hmm. So we have different organizations: uh, Open Hearth, Orion. Project outreach, a number of churches that someone may need help for just short time, right. short term housing. So we do save a couple of rooms That's for really that, nice. and uh, most of the time they work out. I mean, you yeah. do get a couple, you know, yeah. that can test your, uh, <laughs> you know, your patience. Yeah. But overall, it's it's something that we, my wife and I, like to offer to the community, and we've been participant in a number and number of years. Yeah, that's great to that see that you are also, you know, from a philanthropic. I guess that's a big word to say, the generosity of heart uh, to to allow these, you know, local nonprofits, churches, whoever, to provide housing. That's something that I do in my real estate business as well. I, um, part of the commission that I earn, I donate to um, Habitat for Humanity mm -hmm. and um, a foster child uh, organization called Together We Rise and, and another one that helps people um, in Brazil um, get off the streets uh, that a friend of mine runs. So I, I really, uh, that warms my heart to hear that, you know, that there are uh, people benefiting from your commitment to, you know, the heritage of this building, continuing the housing, um, and then also, you know, those people, I would imagine, as they're transitioning, they're going to be, you know, the future residents of Spring City, hopefully, you know, continuing to give back into the neighborhood, the community. So it's cyclical in that way, I would think. So 
Um, that's really great, Bill. I, I really appreciate your time and, and giving us this backstory and history personally and then also professionally with the hotel here. Um, as we wrap up, um, any life lessons that someone taught you, maybe your grandfather in the restaurant business or, or the hospitality business um, or an old boss or something or professor or parent even well, that, that the you carry with you? The, the rewarding end of the hospitality business, I've told many people, is you've, you get to see many people in different wakes of life or anybody from a, a biker to the mayor. Right. So, and you get to cross many paths where people, once your children grow and you're, you're not seeing them at school anymore, or if you don't run into them at church anymore, or as you get older and you know, more mature in what you're doing, this is where you get to see people that I haven't seen for many years. Yeah. You know, so that's very rewarding from that end of it. And just, just the, the point of being in business for this long and, and, and being working together as a team. Now, Debbie, my wife, is very important to yeah. my cog here, you know, because it's a two-way street here that I have support for whatever my ventures are as far as the future goes for the hotel mm -hmm. and other real estate ventures that I'm in. So uh, that would be if you work hard and you're genuinely, you know, humble and, and patient with people, uh, the, real, the restaurant end of this business will will work with you as far and the, the hotel business too. Yeah, I would say uh, being here for as long, have you, I would imagine you have people who used to come in and bring their kids and then now those kids are grown and bringing their kids. Am I, I presumptuous I, in assuming that? No, you have a very good point. Yeah. I, have, I have hired bus girls and, and boys and dishwashers and now their children are working wow. for me from, from that end of it. And uh, the other thing I should mention uh, before we do wrap it up is a lot of people come into the area to visit Penhurst, right. which is here in Spring City. Yeah. So their number one question for me, uh, no wonder I talk about my food, I talk about my beverages. <laughs> I think I know my where you're going number this, yeah. one question is, I can do my whole spiel? How many ghosts have you seen here at the Spring City Hotel? So my infamous line that I always tell, the parents always get it, the children yeah. do not, is, well, after you leave my pub room and you have a number and you have a number of beverages, especially my wine and drink my spirits, you'll definitely will see some ghosts. That's right. I'm sure you've seen quite a few walking dead, right? That is correct. <laughs> that's great. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Um, Given the, the autumn season we're transitioning in with Penhurst and everything, maybe people can stop over and uh, see if they can find their own ghosts here at the Spring City Hotel. There you go. And uh, really quickly, how can people find out information, website, anything like that that you can yes, provide? Yes, we, yeah. we do have a website, uh, uh, the Spring City Hotel, and we are on Facebook. We do have uh, internet also, obviously Wi-Fi yeah. here. So uh, we have... Uh, that would be the main ways of getting a okay. hold of us. And we'll make sure that all those, all that information is included below the video for people okay. to be able to click out to. All right. So that'll be great. Bill, thank you so much for your time. I know yes. you are a busy man. Yes. And uh, I really appreciate you setting aside this time for us. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Bill and Debbie Hoffman for taking some time out of their day to allow me to interview them for the show. I encourage you to check out Spring City Hotel 
for the family atmosphere, for all of the events that they have going on, and for the history. It's incredible. Speaking of history, Spring City is celebrating their 150th anniversary this year, and in honor, we have some merchandise for sale. Spring City, established 1867, 150 years strong. So if you'd like to get one of these shirts to celebrate hometown pride and the Spring City Borough, you can go to discoverspringford.com. Until next time, Godspeed.